Uh, you know what? I'm I, just I, so I, heated because of what what you're telling me because I I do not want to live in a world <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac macaroni, as you call it, is a substitute for KD. God. <laughs> oh my God. Go to. Go to Italy. If you ask, open some fucking no, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD? They will tell you KD is the best. It is superior. It is the fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country. With my co-host, Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc Rouge, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night. It's not quite time for the madness that is college basketball in March, but that doesn't mean the fun has to wait. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all new players the chance to cash $100. New customers can bet $1 on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. And if your team makes it rain, you cash $100. You can't lose with this type of bet, baby. That's right. All it takes is for one three-pointer being hit by your chosen team to turn $1 into $100. Sounds like a no-brainer, am I right? I mean, come on, guys. I mean, this is, this is, you'd have to be stupid not to take this type of deal. This slam dunk of an offer won't be around forever, so head to the App Store now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and get in on all of the action. If basketball isn't for you, DraftKings Sportsbook has daily odds on hockey, soccer, and so, so much more. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion freaking dollars to its customers since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big damn paydays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code THPN to get your shot to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. Again, the promo code is THPN. That's promo code THPN for new customers to get a shot at $100 to one odds on any basketball team to hit one three-point shot. Only 
at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, or Virginia only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. Winnings paid out in four $25 free bets. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Or in Virginia, call 888-532-3500. Welcome to New York. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! happening devils fans it is once again your host neil villapiano and welcome back to another exciting edition of the devils state of mind podcast right here on the hockey podcast network the best place to get the most up-to-date news and topics going on about your new jersey devils hope you guys have had a great day or are having a great day. Thank you as always for taking some time to check this episode out. I do greatly, greatly appreciate it. Folks, we can finally say that Devils Hockey is back. Now, this is obviously the second time this season that we've had to say that, but for the first time in over two weeks, the Devils had a game to play, and I had a game to talk about, and it's been obviously a big, big relief. It was just great last night to to watch this game and to just have a Devils game to watch. And hopefully the Devils have gotten through their bit with COVID-19 and, you know, knock on wood, things don't, you know, get any worse or get, you know, into a even worse situation than the Devils were already in. But we have a bunch to talk about here today, ladies and gentlemen, on this episode. We're going to start by obviously recapping the Devils 5-2 victory at Madison Square Garden on Tuesday night against the Rangers. We will do a little bit of a preview of the Devils game, which obviously, if you guys are listening to this on Thursday, when this episode comes out on the 18th of February, you know, the Devils will be taking on the Boston Bruins at TD Gardens on that that night. And also, we're going to basically go over, you know, some of the things with the COVID update. We're going to talk about some things that Lindy Ruff has said. And, And by the way, I'm actually recording this on his birthday, which is Wednesday, February 17, 2021. So happy birthday to our head coach. We're also going to give you a Binghamton Devils update as here also on Wednesday, the 17th, the Binghamton Devils just wrapped up their game at home against the Hershey Bears. So as always, we have a ton to talk about. So let's not waste any more time and drop the puck. So we'll start with talking about the game between the Devils and the Rangers on Tuesday night. For the first time in 16 days, the Devils finally had a game 
to play. And they only had one practice before they went into this one, as on Monday it was the first time since they had played that second game against Buffalo that the Devils were even allowed to be on the ice together. And it was obviously a great thing. And even though the Devils at that time still had a couple players, four to be exact, that were on the COVID list, they had the majority of their team ready. And they, you know, a lot of the players talked about when they spoke to the media prior to that game that they were just excited to have a game to look forward to and, you know, just to be able to get back to playing the game that they all love. And the expectation going into this game, I would say, and I'll speak for myself, and I'm sure I'm speaking for a lot of Devils fans, was that the Devils were probably going to look rusty, that they were going to struggle. Maybe they're going to have a little bit of a difficulty staying at the same pace as the Rangers, since the Rangers have obviously been playing, even though they've missed a couple of games due to some other teams dealing with COVID-19 situations. And also, the Rangers have been struggling over the last couple of games. You know, speaking with Rangers fans and speaking with Rangers people, especially from the Broadway Boys podcast, the, the Rangers really were in a very tough position, particularly offensively. So the Devils went into this game knowing that they had a fair shot of being competitive and maybe even winning the game. But I think that a lot of people, including myself, felt that it was more likely that they were going to look off. And they really shut me up and a lot of people up in that first period. They came out guns blazing. They looked like a team that had not missed 16 days. They looked like a team that was on a mission to put up 10 goals last, last night. They really, really took it to the net. They were creating chances. A lot of the younger players, as usual, the way this season has been going, were dictating the pace of the game. And unfortunately, they were not able to get a goal, at least in the first period, past Igor Shesterkin. He was really, really a brick wall in that period. The Devils did get a power play late in that period, but as usual, and we all know this, the Devils really didn't do anything on it. So at the end of the first period, it was nothing, nothing. The Devils still had about a minute and a half of power play time and again they really just struggle of getting the puck into the zone i don't know what it is i think part partially it starts with the fact that they struggle to win faceoffs. i think that's something that they're definitely missing from someone like zajac now that he's coming off the COVID list or now is off the COVID list he probably you know hopefully the faceoff winning percentage will go up um there's a lot of things that i think are factors as to why this devil's power play is not where it needs to be. Um, and it was frustrating because they gave up two really good shorthanded opportunities to the Rangers, just with piss poor puck handling, which has continued to be a frustrating thing to watch from this team. But luckily Mackenzie Blackwood, who, you know, we had his first start in 28 days. It was exactly four weeks since the last time he played, because if you remember he went on the COVID list way before the rest of the team dealt with the well, dealt with an outbreak. You know, he missed that second game against the Islanders back in on the 23rd of January. And then finally he makes his next start here against the New York Islanders. The last start that Blackwood had, he won at Madison Square Garden against the Rangers. So obviously, if anybody was going to look rusty, it was Mackenzie Blackwood, and he did not. He was absolutely on fire. He made a couple saves, like I mentioned, on that shorthanded opportunity. And then it just kind of seemed like in that second period, the Devils were just kind of playing back. They were allowing the Rangers to get some confidence, get shots to the net. And there were a couple grade-A opportunities for the Rangers in that second period. And it kind of was at a position of, 
it was not a whether if the Rangers were going to score, it was more a matter of when were they going to score. But the Devils continued to stay tough. And at the 12-23 mark of the second period, the Devils were on their second power play. And of course, they were passing the puck way, 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 way too freaking much. And it continues to drive me up the wall. But Damon Severson at the top of the point passes it over to Zaka, who waits for a second and wrists one top shelf over the glove of Shesterkin to give the Devils a 1-0 lead for Zaka. That was his third goal on the season as he continues to have a pretty good start to the year, especially in a year where he really needs to amp up his game if he wants to remain on the Devils long term. But he gets the Devils a goal on the power play and most importantly, a lead at 1-0. But unfortunately, about four minutes later, the Rangers finally got rewarded with a goal, and it was Brett Howden who made a nice behind-the-back pass in the offensive zone to Colin Blackwell, as a lot of people were having trouble saying either Blackwood or Blackwell or, you know, Wedgwood or or Mileswood. I mean, there was a lot of different names that fit um, and were very, very similar. But Colin Blackwell of the Rangers got the puck from a great pass from Howden. He waited a couple seconds and then went off the post, the far post, and into the net to tie the game at one. So at that point, it was frustrating, and you also knew that the Rangers were coming on and they were eventually going to score, and so they did. But the Devils continued to remain resilient, and with about 2.45 left to go in the second period, Will Butcher, who made his first appearance along with Connor Carrick, since they obviously needed some bodies, some veteran bodies on the defensive side, since so both of them got their first game action of the season, Will Butcher took a shot that hit off the back leg of defenseman Jacob Truba and into the net and gave the Devils the lead back at 2-1. to one. So for Will Butcher in his first game, he gets his first goal. I thought it was Zaka. I think a lot of people thought it was Zaka. But no, it was actually Will Butcher who got credited with the goal and the Devils took back the lead. But it didn't last very long. Two minutes later, with 32 seconds left actually, in that second period, Pavel Buchnevich was able to beat Mackenzie Blackwood to tie the game at two and to send these teams into the second intermission tied at two goals apiece. So at this point, when you look at it from the first 40 minutes, you say first period, the Devils were great. Second period, they looked a lot more like a team that had not played in well over two weeks. Even though they did score two goals, they just looked very lethargic. And it looked like at some point it was just going to wonder of, was the bottle just going to open up and the Rangers were just going to pour it on in that third period. And again, the devil shut me up because the period went probably a little bit unexpected considering the situation, but the devils came out and were a lot more aggressive, very similar to where they were in the first period in that third period. And at about a little bit more than halfway through nine seventeen to go in the third period, P.K. Subban took a wrist shot that actually deflected off a Ranger stick and then deflected off Igor Sharangovich's stick past Shesterkin, far right side into the net, and the Devils regain the lead once again. For Sharangovich, it's his second goal of the season, and I'm really happy for him because he's had some good opportunities and he hadn't scored since that first win of the season on that overtime game against the Bruins. Um, in the second game that they played at home, but he was able to get a goal there, and that ended up being the game-winning goal because about four minutes later, at the 5.49 mark, Yanni Kokkonen found Nick Merkley 
not necessarily alone, but he had just enough spacing alone in the slot to get a great pass from Kwokinen. Merkley takes the one-timer, and he beats Shesterkin to give the Devils a 4-2 to two lead. For Yanni Kwokinen, that was his third assist of the game. Yanni Kwokinen really had a quiet, tremendous game for the Devils. He really, that was... That was one of those first breakout games. And you've seen him do so well since he actually made this team back at the end of training camp. He got his first NHL goal in the first of the two games against Buffalo before we had the COVID outbreak. And he gets a couple big points here. So he's got points in two of his last three games and has really seemed to build good chemistry with virtually anybody on this team, it doesn't matter where you put him. He seems to just fit in well. And that's going to go a long way for a young player like him without question. So the Devils make it 4-2. to two, And for Nick Merkley, it was his first goal of the year. It was also just his second goal of his career. And fun fact that I found out that when Nick Merkley scored his first NHL goal, which was against the Columbus Blue Jackets last season, it was also on February 16th. So February 16th has been a good day for the last two years for Nick Merkley. A big-time goal. I've really been impressed with Merkley. He really did well overseas while the Devils were still waiting for the seasons to start. He looked really, really good in training camp and deserves an opportunity, and he got one last night and made the most of it, getting a crucial Second, getting a crucial goal to give the Devils a two-goal lead. Now, at this point, I was still very nervous because, as we all know, the Devils have been very well known for blowing, you know, multiple goal leads. You know, and so no lead is really safe with this team. Things have been different in some aspects this year than in recent years, but still, you don't want to take anything for granted. But the Devils, you know, they, they continued to try to press, but then obviously the Rangers had to pull their netminder, and with about 30 seconds left, Kyle Palmieri was able to get the puck and had a somewhat of a two-on-one with Mikel Moltsev, who was playing in just his second, I believe his second game of his NHL career, he played in the second game against Buffalo, you know, filling in for Kyle Palmieri. And Moltsev got the pass from Palmieri, was able to get it past the defenseman of the Rangers and into the empty net to give the Devils a 5-2 lead. And also for Moltsev, that was his first National Hockey League goal. So obviously, it's not the greatest way to get it, but you know what? A goal is a goal. It's still going to count. And Moltsev can look back 20 years from now and just say that, oh, he just beat the goaltender top cheddar to win the game in overtime or something crazy like that. But it was an empty net goal. Moltsev gets his first of his NHL career. Congratulations to Mikhail Moltsev, who looked really, really good. He actually led the team in shots on goal. He had five in that game. So he really made his mark in that one, and the Devils were able to secure a big 5-2 to two victory on the road at Madison Square Garden against the Rangers, their first, in their first game in 16 days. So, obviously, that was an emotional victory. It, you know, there was a lot of adversity when it came to how were the Devils going to look, you know, after being away for so long and dealing with COVID and things like that. And if you remember, we heard a lot of stories from guys like Paul Mary, David Severson, Yanni Kwokinen, you know, guys that were talking about how they experienced dealing with the coronavirus and what they had to go through. And it was obviously a very scary time 
for a lot of these players and for them to go to Madison Square Garden to play a Rangers team that's obviously a lot fresher than they are. And then to look at times as, you know, as good as they looked before they had the outbreak was just a great thing. And, and that was really a big time victory for Lindy Roth, the birthday boy. He got his 741st victory, which ties him for sixth all time with Paul Maurice. And he, Lindy Ruff is one of, I believe, three head coaches or four head coaches that are still in, the, that are still coaching that are in the top six on that list. So another milestone reached for Lindy Ruff, and hopefully it's another one of the many that we'll see, not just this season, but in the future as he continues to coach this team. But it was obviously a great victory for the Devils. It gets you really excited. It gets you believing that this team, it, you know, they can do it. They can really, really make some noise in the NHL. And, you know, you look at it again, a lot of people expected the Devils to finish towards the bottom of the NHL. And obviously that could still very well happen. You never know. The Devils still have 42 games left to go this season. But for them to get themselves already their fifth victory and move to 5-3-2 and two on the season is tremendous. Winning five of your first 10 games and getting points in seven of your first 10, that's better than anybody could have expected from this team. And they're young. They're competitive. They make other teams work hard. They, they make other teams feel miserable having to play them. And that really is, is great because it gives you a lot of hope, a lot of belief that not just this season, but in the future, that this team can continue to move in the right direction. A couple of notes, as I mentioned before, but I'll mention again, Zaka's goal was his third already on the season. Yanni Kwokinen with the big game, no goals, but he added three assists on on five on the five goals, Mackenzie Blackwood in his first game in 28 days made 37 of 39 saves for the victory. The Devils moved past the Rangers into sixth place in the East Division. I believe they are now one point or two behind the Penguins for fifth. And they're about four or five points behind the fourth spot. Now, obviously, it's still early in the year, but I like to mention these things. The Devils will now head, as you all know, if you're listening to this on Thursday, will be facing the Boston Bruins in Boston. The Bruins, fun fact, are also retiring Willie O'Ree's number that night. So fortunate enough for the Devils, they get to be there in part of that ceremony as part of the whole celebration of Black History Month. And obviously what Willie O'Ree did to break the color barrier in the National Hockey League. And, and Willie O'Ree has been an ambassador to the game of hockey and especially to the, the Black folks in hockey for many, 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 many years. And he deserves this 100%. He also deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Even though he wasn't a great player, he needs to be in the Hall of Fame if he isn't already there. But bottom line, folks, this was an awesome victory. The Devils are going to have their work cut out for them going up against the Bruins team that is a lot better since the last time these two teams faced off against one another. But you know what? So are the Devils. They're battle-tested and they're battle-scary. And with some of the reinforcements coming along the way, the Devils are in a really good position to really start to build good chemistry and take off possibly and start racking up some wins and moving from there. But let's take it one game at a time. Let's see how they do on, against Boston on Thursday and go from there. The next thing I want to discuss was to give you guys a COVID update, you know, talk about what players are off or on the list at this point. And, you know, before the Devils played the Rangers, Nikita Gusev was one of the four players that was still remaining on the list. He actually came off the list after practice. But Lindy Rupp said that 
because he didn't practice with the team, he wasn't going to play in that game. There's a good chance he probably does play against the Bruins on Thursday. So, but Nick, but Nikita Gusev came off the list. Then Dmitry Kulikov came off. Travis Zajac came off today. So now we're down to just one player remaining on the COVID-19 protocol list, and that is Nico Kishir. And Lindy Ruff also mentioned this before the game against the Rangers, that if Nico wasn't on the list, there was a really good chance that he was going to play against the Rangers. So that tells you that Nico is a lot further along in being ready to play than maybe a lot of us thought. And I want to go back to that article that came out from Switzerland about Nico Hishier. To me, this, this proves as to why I didn't believe it fully. Because again, Nico was doing really well. All of the news that we were getting was really positive about him and that he was making progress. And now we're getting this news. And it was about just remaining patient and understanding that at some point, Nico was going to be able to play. Now, will Nico be off the list in time to play against Boston tomorrow? Or if you're listening to this on Thursday today? No. Do I think that within the next week or two, he will be off? From whatever, from the information that we've gathered, I would say yes. But again, we don't really know. We don't know how long Nico is going to be on there or why exactly he's on there. The Devils haven't really said why exactly he is there in the first place. But at the moment, Nico Hishier is the only person left on the COVID list, which is great. So virtually everybody that, was, that wasn't on the list when we were actually playing is off the list now. And also guys like Aaron Dell and Sammy Vatanen. And here's the thing about both of them. Aaron Dell came off the list a couple of days ago, got sent down to Binghamton on a conditioning stint. And even though he got the win, he did give up four, I think four or five goals. I think it was four goals or five goals, whichever one he was. But he played in one game and then got recalled up to New Jersey. Sammy Vatanen actually practiced with the Devils the day before they played the Rangers, but Lindy Ruff did not play him for whatever reason I could not figure out. I, I guess maybe, be, I think I heard from Corey Massasak of The Athletic who covers the Devils. I believe he said that the Devils would have had to put someone on waivers prior to that game and the Devils didn't want to do that. But, you know, whatever the case may be, Sammy Vatanen did not play in that game but all signs point to him making his season debut on Thursday. It won't be his Devils debut because obviously he's been with the Devils before. And we're obviously excited to have him back. And for the Devils to make a trade to get a draft pick and Yanni Kokkinen from Carolina, and then Sammy Vatanen a few months later actually come back and sign a one-year deal with the Devils is tremendous. And the Devils really like Sammy Vatanen and they believe in him and they believe that what he can bring to the table and so that's what we have here. And I'm really excited to see him back. He's really, really good when it comes to quarterbacking the power play. And hopefully once he gets acquitted with everyone else, the devil's power play can start to improve and we could see more opportunities and especially a lot more just shots on net. I really just want to see that and not as much passing. The devils had to make some moves today on Wednesday to kind of become, you know, to kind of fill out, you know, to allow guys like Aaron Dell Zajac, Vatanen, Gusev to return to the Devils uh, lineup. So Nick Merkley and Mikhail Motsev, who both scored against the Rangers, got moved from the Devils 
to their practice squad. So they're obviously still with the team. They're just not on the main squad. And Jeremy Gorlow and Evan Cormier, who were on the practice squad for the game against the Rangers, were moved from the practice squad and sent back down to Binghamton. And then the Devils had to make a pretty tough, you know, move, but a very understandable move as they placed goaltender Eric Comrie and defenseman Connor Carrick on waivers. So obviously, if you're Carrick, you got to be frustrated. You finally get a chance to play in a game. And, you know, he, he did pretty well. He got a shot on goal. He was very solid. You know, and that was pretty much it. But we all knew that Connor Carrick wasn't going to be on this team long term, even though he's become somewhat of a fan favorite, especially with his podcast, The Curious Competitor Podcast, which, I, again, I highly recommend that you guys go listen to because it is absolutely tremendous. And for Eric Comrie, I mean, he played in one game with the Devils and got that victory in that 5-2 win over Buffalo you know, before we got into the whole situation with the COVID-19 outbreak. So for both of them, it's unfortunate. Now, the Devils haven't lost them completely because at this moment, they still have not been claimed and they need to go 24 hours on waivers before the Devils can send them down to Binghamton. And I think that that probably is what's going to happen. I'm not totally sure. But if that ends up being the case, it's good because it brings some veteran leadership to a young Binghamton team, which could be very beneficial for the development of those young players. But the Devils had to make those moves so guys like Aradell and Sammy Vatanen could now be on this team. I told you guys that this Devils team was going to look a lot different by the time we got back. And they looked different last night, and they're going to look different moving forward. Because really, the only main guy that, that's left that has, is not playing right now is still Nico Heischer. But now Aaron Dell is finally here after we claimed him off waivers. Sammy Vatanen has gone through his quarantine and everything like that. And now he can finally play. And so we'll go from there. So speaking on the Devils roster in general, the three goaltenders at this moment that the Devils have are the following. Mackenzie Blackwood, probably Aaron Dells is backup, and then Scott Wedgwood. And I'm glad that Wedgwood still gets a chance to be on this team because he did do a very solid job in the handful of games he had to play while Mackenzie Blackwood was out. And so again, the defensemen at the moment are Ty Smith, P.K. Subban, Damon Severson, you have, you know, obviously Sammy Vatan and Dmitry Kulikov, Matt Tennyson, and a name is escaping me of the and Will Butcher. So those are the seven defensemen that you have at the moment. I'll be curious to see which of those defensemen come out of the lineup. You know, for Sammy Vatan, my guess is probably going to be Matt Tennyson, even though he's done a pretty good job defensively. Um, and because also Kulikov is now off the list as well, you know, it'll be interesting to see what type of moves that Lindy Ruff will have to make if he decides to make any moves at all. And we won't know any of these things until 10 minutes before puck drop, because that's how Lindy Ruff, that's his style, basically. He just doesn't announce it. So we always could just make educated guesses, but we won't actually know until then. So those were all the player movements that the Devils had to make over the last 24 hours or so to kind of get everybody, you know, that the main guys into this roster. Now, one bit of information I think is really important that I want you guys to understand when you watch this team from this point until the end of the year. Lindy Rupp spoke to the media after the game against the Rangers and told the media that the Devils are basically done with full team practices. Now, what he means by that is simply this. Number one, the Devils are have games in 47 of the next 83 days. They have very little time. They basically play every other day the rest of the season, a lot of back-to-backs, you know, on the weekends and 
They just don't have a lot of time to do a lot of full team practices. And they're also really going to be focusing on workload management. So you hear that a lot in the NBA with a lot of star players doing that. But here this season, the Devils have to do that because they have to continue to keep these guys in decent shape, keep them fresh. So you're going to see a lot of rotations probably in the lineup. You're going to see a lot of situations where Blackwood is playing one game and then Dell's going to play one. Hell, maybe even maybe even Scott Wedgwood plays again. I don't know. But it's all about keeping this team as fresh as possible. It's going to be a difficult challenge mentally for the Devils. It's going to be a difficult challenge for them, you know, physically, obviously. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle this moving forward. They're going to have a lot of practices where it's going to be the majority of the team, not everybody, because they're going to give guys every now and then a chance to rest and, and move from there. So obviously it's going to be a very unique you know, rest of the season for the Devils. If this season wasn't already unique, it's become even more unique with how Lindy Ruff wants to go moving forward. So we'll see how the Devils react to all this. Um, we'll see how they do tomorrow against Boston and how they go moving forward. But bottom line is, it's going to be really interesting to see how Lindy Ruff is able to manage all of this with very little time to practice and also very little time to rest. Now, the last thing here on this episode, I wanted to give you guys a Binghamton Devils update. So as I've mentioned several times already, I'm recording this on Wednesday, February 17th. I'm actually recording this pretty late in the day, around 10.30 at night. And the Binghamton Devils just finished up their game about an hour ago at home against the Hershey Bears, the Washington Capitals AHL affiliate. And Binghamton, unfortunately, did lose in regulation 2-1. to one. It was a hard-fought loss, but the Binghamton Devils have been very, very very competitive and very exciting to watch. Very similar to how the New Jersey Devils are playing. And they have a lot of young players who are making professional debuts and playing professional hockey for the first time. And we had another professional debut as Graham Clark after he signed his professional contract about, about a week ago. He made his professional debut in this game against the Hershey Bears. The only goal for the Devils actually came from defenseman Riley Walsh, who got his second on the year, where I believe the Devils were on a power play, but it was about halfway through the first period. Bailey Walsh went from behind his own net and went coast to coast, deep past two defensemen, and beat the goaltender to give the Devils a 1-0 lead. It was a highlight reel goal. Go check it out on the Binghamton Devils socials to see it if you, if you haven't had the chance to see it. But unfortunately for the Devils, that was the, one, that was the only goal that they scored. As I mentioned before, they did lose that game 2-1. to one. Riley Walsh, though, is proving why I really thought he had a legitimate shot of making the Devils team at a training camp. But being a guy who has not played professional hockey before, he's looked pretty good so far in the early going through just four games. But Gilgis Sen was the main star for the Devils in this one. He actually got, I believe he got third star in that game because he made 41 out of 43 saves in the loss. So he made 41 saves in that game. And we know Sen, we've talked about Sen before. We talked about him with some other, other guests that we've had here on this podcast that Sen is a guy that could really be that long-term young goaltender that could be good as a duo with Mackenzie Blackwood. And he really proved himself to be a very good goaltender this, you know, tonight with that 41 save performance, but unfortunately it was in a losing effort. But I think nine times out of 10, if you're making that many saves off of that many shots, I think there is a good chance that you probably will be able to win some of those games. 
with the loss, the Devils got their first regulation loss and dropped to two, one, and one. Their next game, they're actually their next game was supposed to be on Friday, but it got postponed to the 24th due to the Phantoms dealing with some COVID problems. Their next game will be on Saturday night against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, the Philadelphia Flyers AHL affiliate team. So obviously the Devils will have some time off, more time than the New Jersey Devils have, you know, to rest between games. But, you know, I'm sure Binghamton's going to look a little different, especially if Comrie and Connor Carrick both clear waivers. Um, but again, it's very exciting to see some young players. And, you know, mind you, we also had some first NHL goals from guys like Nikita Ohoychuk and, you know, a couple other players as well. And, and that's really great to see these guys making their any their professional hockey debuts and you know do putting in the work which is great and it shows that the devils have a lot of depth in their farm system and they're doing a really good job in their development and that's really big and speaking of development the devils also announced yesterday some changes to their i guess you would say development part you know part in their development team basically as scott clemenson was named the head of their goaltending uh, development team as they have their own specific team for that. Martin Brodeur will be the assistant as well. So obviously Scott Clements had talked about this a couple months ago that the Devils were going to be one of the few teams in the NHL that has a goaltending development team that just works solely with the goaltenders, solely on the goaltending as a whole. And hey, you know what? What better team to do it than a team that hosted the greatest goaltender to ever play the position who now works with the team in Martin Brodeur. So that's great. And it obviously shows the Devils are continuing to adapt and continuing to try to make their team as good as possible and as deep as possible. And you got to tip your cap to Tom Fitzgerald and an entire Devils organization for what they've done. What's going on, Devils fans? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. If you want to check out more of the podcast, here's what you do. You go wherever you listen to podcasts, so that could be Spotify, that could be iTunes, that could be Google Podcasts, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devils State of Mind, and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL, as well as other great hockey podcasts. So just like with Devil State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network, and you can see all the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil State, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y, Hockey, P-O-D, Pod, N-E-T, Net. If you want to listen to more of my voice, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, 
I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents, and you will find it. Again, new videos out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11, and also Mofobo Network on Facebook. And last, but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes and Noble right now. The first is J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Agony and the Ecstasy, nah, no ecstasy, of being a Jets fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions, you know, where, you know, anything we could think of, it's in this book. So this is really for the Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know some one of those, or if you just want to support me, go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently is titled Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. And even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there was so much regret between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 1986. Both of these books are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Pain and Suffering of Being a New York Jets Fan, and also Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. So once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Villapiano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are, you know, every single day, you know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!